Hello, today is March 28th, 2021, and it is Palm Sunday. And due to the threat of flooding, um, my family was not able to attend worship today. And uh, Scott Cottrell did a sermon on Matthew 21. But um, since I have been doing a series on Psalms, on the Psalms, decided to stay the course, and I'm going to transition what would have been today's sermon to uh, more of a homily. And so I uh, wrote this up, and I'll be reading it for you today. So it's a little bit different than hearing a typical sermon from me. But I wanted to be able to continue with this since um, I merged John 12, which is the account, one of the accounts of the triumphal entry that we celebrate on Palm Sunday, um, with um, Psalm 37. And so um, I encourage you to take some time to read both of those chapters, John 12 and Psalm 37, and um, I'll read for you what I did today. Um, reading first, uh, John 12, 1 through 2, six days before the Passover, Jesus therefore came to Bethany where Lazarus was, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. So they gave a dinner for him there. Martha served, and Lazarus was one of those reclining with him at table. What would it have been like to be Lazarus, post-resurrection part one? Here he was just days before Jesus' crucifixion and the resurrection of all resurrections, and it would seem that he would have a very unique perspective of what was to come. Lazarus really knew Jesus and knew and experienced his power and his love. But he would still have to endure seeing Jesus crucified and killed at the hands of the wicked. In fact, the same wicked people wanted him dead too. Was Lazarus fearless after what he had experienced? Did he ever get anxiety or worry anymore? When you have seen death death, <laughs> death defeated firsthand, would you worry about much of anything? Today is Palm Sunday, when the church has historically remembered the days before the crucifixion when Jesus entered Jerusalem on a donkey, and large crowds of people recognized that Jesus was the fulfillment of the prophesied Messiah by praising him and laying palm fronds and cloaks on the ground before him. They cried out, a psalm, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the King of Israel. Do you remember what the word Hosanna means? It is a Hebrew word with a double use as a praise petition. It is a praise proclamation of Jesus being our Savior, but also a cry of petition for him to save. A cry for help. What an interesting word. What an interesting posture to be in, to praise and plead at the same time. This account in John 12 is a little different than the others in Matthew and Mark in that it includes Lazarus in the narrative and focuses a bit more on fear and faith at the same time. It seems ironic that the account that includes Lazarus is the one that seems to highlight fear more. Here we have amazing physical evidence of the power of Jesus Christ over our archenemy death, but we still need the reminder to, Fear not, daughter of Zion. Behold, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. John's transliteration of the Zechariah 9-9 passage actually replaces the original word rejoice with fear not, 
If you read the Zechariah passage or even the Matthew 21 reference to it, there doesn't seem to be an indication of the word fear anywhere. But John says, fear not. In John 12, it says that many crowds gathered because they were either actually there when Lazarus was raised from the dead or had heard about it, verses 17 through 18. This testimony had reached Greek Gentiles and drew them to seek Jesus for the same reason. Even the Pharisees obviously got the point that Jesus had done something out of this world because they not only wanted Jesus dead, they wanted to get rid of the evidence, Lazarus, that proved that Jesus was the real thing. Why the conflict with fear if everyone knew that Jesus has power over death? Or why even try to kill him? It doesn't make sense. But how are we any different today? Here we are on this side of Jesus' resurrection and the explosive growth of the church all around the world to all nations, God proving himself time and time again to be faithful to his promises. Shouldn't the church be fearless after what all it has experienced? Why would we be worried or anxious about anything? Well, we see a reminder of the reason in the second half of John 12. Though he had done so many signs before them, they did not believe him. Verse 37. Even though they had the living Lazarus walking before them, and even though we are on this side of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, fear and unbelief are still enemies at work. The judgment for the sins of God's people has been extinguished upon the cross of Jesus Christ, and Satan no longer has claim upon God's people. Verse 31. But the final judgment of God's enemies, including fear and death, has not yet fully come. Lazarus still had to die again, another physical death. And so will we, unless Jesus returns before we die. Jesus said then, If anyone hears my words and does not keep them, I do not judge him. For I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. The one who rejects me and does not receive my words has a judge. The word that I have spoken will judge him on the last day. There is a final judgment to come when unbelief will be fully eliminated. Until that time, Jesus continues to draw people out of disbelief to himself by the display of the cross. Verse 32. For those who believe, fear and death have no real power over them. We will still face the fight with fear and death until the final judgment, but we don't have to be subject to fear and death because of Christ's salvation. That is why we continue to need the reminder to fear not. We don't have to fear and live in unbelief if we take refuge in Jesus. But if we continue to fear, we are like the philosopher Mikhail de Montaigne when he said, quote, my life has been full of terrible misfortune most of which has never happened, unquote. We then choose to live a life outside of the reality of Jesus. We become like the authorities of that day that did believe, but feared the Pharisees and remained in silence and loved the glory of man over the glory of God. Verse 42 through 43. I believe that John's account of this event is the most helpful for us because In many ways, due to our insight of the gospel and the evidence of over 2,000 years of Christ's resurrected reign, 
We are more like the resurrected Lazarus before his final death. We get to recline with Jesus at the Lord's table each Sunday among the evidence of the body of Christ present in the church. But we know that a final death still awaits before a final resurrection. We are like the Greeks that desire to see Jesus' glory, but we need the reminder that whoever loves his life loses it. And for us to serve and see Jesus, we must follow him to the cross. Verse 25 through 26. We learn from those who encountered Jesus and even Jesus himself to sing the Psalms when we march to Zion. Psalm 37 is an excellent inclusion to the Psaltery for us today as we consider John's message with his account of the triumphal entry. It starts out with, Fret not yourselves because of the evildoers. Be not envious of wrongdoers, for they will soon fade like the grass and wither like the green herb. Verses 1-2 through two. Like David and Lazarus, we know and have already seen the power of God. But Satan still tries to disarm us with fear by the display of God's enemies and the perception of their power. Patience is required in this age when it seems that everything connected with the goodness of the Lord is under attack and being overpowered by the enemies of God. Whether it is the persecution of our brothers and sisters around the world or the canceling out of truth in the public square, David tells us to trust and delight in the Lord, committing our way to Him, waiting for Him to act, knowing that His justice will reign. Fret not yourselves over the one who prospers in His ways and evil devices. Verse 7. We must not fall to fear and unbelief. We must not take up the weapons and strategy of our enemies. I know that Satan often tempts me to fear everything. When I learn not to fear the government or the culture, he then creeps in within the cracks in my relationships with those closest to me. I'm often tempted to respond with fear when dealing with the needs of my family within my home or within the church. I fear the loss of respect among my family and peers, and I fear criticism and disdain from those within the church. And often, the fear is not even based on any substance at all, because Satan is a liar. Fret not yourself, it tends only to evil. Verse 8. When we are faced with the difficulty of sin when dealing with our brothers and sisters in Christ, we must remember the justice of God on the cross for all our sins. We must remember the meek shall receive the inheritance of the resurrection of Christ, and therefore we can delight ourselves in the abundance of peace. Verse 11. We do not have to respond with fear or wrath toward those who believe. When we are faced with difficulty of sin among those who seek to silence or eliminate the evidence and message of the gospel today, know that the Lord laughs at them and promises that their judgment is to come. Verse 13. That means we don't have to respond with fear or wrath even to our enemies, to the enemies of God. Their time will come. When we are faced with the difficulty of pestilence, poverty, persecution, or simply having less provision or prosperity than others or even the wicked, we do not have to respond with fear. But we can know that, quote, better is the little that the righteous has than the abundance of the many wicked. Verse 16. God knows and holds for us our heritage and inheritance forever. Verse 18. When we are faced with the prospect that we are beyond God's grace, 
or that we are below his favor because of our sin, failure, or weakness. Know that those, for those who seek refuge in him with repentance and faith, we do not have to respond in fear because he will never forsake us. Verses 25 and 33. When Jesus was on the cross, he descended to the essence of hell by taking the pain and judgment of the abandonment that we fear. Jesus faced all these fears for us on the cross. When his soul was troubled by the fears of his father's wrath, he refrained from calling out for help so that he might save us, so that he would show the glory of the Lord's love and salvation. John 12, 27 through 36. And so that by his resurrection, we now have new life. Now we get to be like Lazarus and recline and feast at the Lord's table with the body of Jesus Christ. And as the body of Jesus Christ, the church, we get to be like Lazarus and Jesus and face the threat of the wicked trying to eliminate the evidence that Jesus has power over death. We do not have to fear when we face persecution and death, because when we serve with the fullness of our lives, we get to be Jesus in this world today as we lift up his name in the good news of the cross before the world. Like Lazarus in Jesus, we become a sign before the world of Christ's power over death so that Jesus may draw more people to himself. So, cry out Hosanna! Shout before all that Jesus has and will save his people. He is our Savior and stronghold in the time of trouble. The Lord helps and delivers us. He delivers us from the wicked and saves us because we take refuge in him. Psalm 37, 39 through 40.